Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Verse number one, John chapter three and verse number one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This is not some Johnny come lately. This is a very important person, a powerful person, a knowledgeable person, a person that loved God. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, truly, truly, I say unto thee, except unless... A man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, Except unless a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Notice big S. That which is born of the spirit of God is spiritual. Little S, our spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh. And whether it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. I want to talk to you today about the condition for citizenship. The condition for citizenship. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this gathering. Lord, it is indeed an honor and a privilege to serve your word, to teach your word. God, I pray that you would help me. Lord, I must guard my lips and my thoughts. Lord, and I surely need your anointing to fall upon me and upon this congregation so that your word would take root, God, and begin to grow. In Jesus' awesome name, we praise you. Let everybody say amen. amen. The condition for citizenship. And then I answer that in the statement, you must be born again. You must be born again. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. When we mention the word citizenship, we're talking about the common connection that pulls a community or confines of a country together. Citizenship is the highest privilege that a nation can bestow upon its people. Citizenship is valuable. It's less than $1,000 to purchase citizenship and go through the process here in America. 
But I want to tell you that citizenship is extremely valuable. Citizens are allowed to function freely under the laws of the country that they belong to. Citizenship provides equal opportunity, equal rights, but also equal responsibilities. Equal responsibilities. It gives one the chance to participate within a society or a social construct of community if we're a citizen. I became a citizen of the United States back in October 25th, 1961, as I was born in Longview, Texas, at Good Shepherd Hospital, and I have a birth certificate that shows that, and because of birth, I have the right of citizenship. The value of citizenship, on the other hand, diminishes when, when it is no longer thought important, when it is when it's thought that, that, that anybody could just come in and get the rights of a citizen. In the book of Ephesus, or Ephesians rather, to the church at Ephesus, Paul writes in chapter 2 and verse 18, it says, For through him, through Jesus, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit." When we talk about citizenship, we must talk about the kingdom. The Lord uses uh, different kinds of, of ways to express the reality of his kingdom. We know that it is not a, a religion, but it is a government. And kingdom citizens are the people who live under the rule of the king. Citizenship is not a right just by itself, but it is a privilege. It's a privilege to be a part, first of all, a citizen of the United States. It is a privilege, but it is indeed a greater privilege to be a citizen, a fellow citizen of the kingdom of God. Amen. All the blessings that I get I get because I'm a citizen. All the privileges, all the promises of the kingdom are only accessible by abiding, law-abiding citizens. Citizenship not only provides us the promises of the king, but it gives to us the right of protection of the king. Hallelujah, for in our government we have an armed forces that protects its citizen here and abroad. I want to tell you that the king has an army, a mighty army that looks after his citizens no matter where they are. We have been conditioned in our culture and in our world to think about the church as being members. Legally, we have the description member. What church are you a member of? And what church do you belong to? And you're a member of this church. And, 
And years ago, I was on a trip to Israel, and I, I sat behind a pastor of another denomination, and he started talking about active and non-active members. I didn't know there was such a thing. But the reality is when it comes to the Bible, what the Bible says about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and what it says about the kingdom of the Lord, amen, it's not a matter of fact whether I'm a member, it's whether I am a citizen. Have I become a citizen? I don't just become a part of the citizenship because I've got my name on a church roll. Paul says that we are no more strangers. We are no more strangers, no more foreigners, amen, but fellow citizens. We are not strangers. We are not without a, a, a knowledge of who we are. We're not an alien. We're not somebody that's outside of the commonwealth. Mr. Barnes in his commentary says this about strangers, he said, strangers and such as posed to reside or proposed to reside for a short time in Athens were permitted to reside in the city and to pursue their business undisturbed, but they could not perform no public duty. They had no voice in public deliberation, and they had no part in the management of the state. They could only look on as spectators without mingling in the scenes of the state or interfering in any way in the affairs of the government. They were there, but they had no voice. They were there, but they were strangers out from the, the commonwealth of citizenship. Or they were foreigners, which means they're from another place. Anybody ever been around somebody? You knew that that was a foreigner. They didn't, they didn't. Anybody ever found a foreigner to southern Indiana? Praise God, I'm not going to go there. <clears throat> Say that they're really not from here. That, 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 they're just not from here. You, you, they don't have the same kind of talk. They don't have the same kind of mannerisms. Amen. They don't understand the same kind of customs. We find that there are those that want to come into the house of God and be a part of the kingdom of God, but come in as strangers and foreigners. I'm just going to stay for a while. I don't want all of the everything to do with the citizenship requirements, but let me just be around, or I'm going to be someone that I'm really not, I'm really not going to get plugged in. Amen. I'm really not going to, but when you want to be a part of the kingdom citizen, then you have to get your citizenship paper. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, speaking about the transformation of citizenship, it says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? Somebody say amen. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So I'm going from one location to another location. I'm going from one uh, uh, border to another border. I am going to become a different in a different location. In verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and are in earth. 
visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And if you jump down to verse 20, it says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Do you notice the comparison, the visible and the invisible? heaven and earth there is a kingdom that is in heaven we cannot see it we don't we don't see it because it is invisible but God wants to bring what is in the invisible into the physical we can see it how do we do that become part of the kingdom verse 21 and you that were sometime alien and enemies in your own mind by wicked works yet now hath he reconciled hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight I'm going to change you from the Lord says from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son from the kingdom of sin to the kingdom of redemption from the kingdom of problem and pain to the kingdom of being unblameable from the kingdom of I make mistakes left and right I never can do anything right to the kingdom of now you're made right now you're made holy the Bible says that God's people we call it saved well that's a loose word what does that mean we say that we're justified That's a great word. We're redeemed. We're delivered. We're sanctified. We're restored. We've been rescued. These are all great words. The fact of the matter is at the heart of it is that I've changed my citizenship allegiance. I have dual citizenship. I belong to this world. I'm in this world, but I belong to another world. I'm a part of this earthly situation. I I obey the laws of the land. I obey where I'm at, but there's another law that is higher than that law, and it's the law of the kingdom of heaven. The Bible declares that the citizens of the kingdom are said to be a holy nation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Amen. We are the children of the kingdom in one verse. How do we become this fellow citizens? How do we go from being strangers and foreigners to become fellow citizens? That's what Nicodemus wanted to know. Nicodemus, smart man. Nicodemus, a Bible scholar. Nicodemus, a Pharisee. Nicodemus who sat on the Sanhedrin. He was a teacher of the law. He was very well educated in what the word said. But he came to Jesus and he began to ask him, amen, about we know you come from God. We know that you come from God. And you know what Jesus said? He boiled it down to this, except a man be born of water and of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He cannot enter into the kingdom of What is he answering? He's answering the question of citizenship. Just because I'm not getting into politics, so don't get don't don't get all bent out of shape. But just because somebody lives in this country doesn't make them a citizen. They have to have a legal right to be called citizens. Being born again makes you a citizen, makes you a legal citizen. The new birth 
rescues us from the power, the authority of the kingdom of darkness and translates us, moves us, if you would please, from the clutches of Satan to the glorious kingdom of God. New birth is not joining a church. It's not about joining a denomination. It's not simply just saying, well, I am uh, 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 just believing or that I'm just a convert. I've been born again. I've been born again. That's a great transformation. It's more than just making a decision for Christ or a step statement of faith, but rather is I've been translated by a new birth process, and I am now by new birth. Amen. You see, as a boy, I was born in Longview, Texas in 1961. Seven years later, on the steps of Revival Temple, amen, I was born again in San Antonio, Texas, when the Lord filled me with his spirit. Amen. And I was buried in his name. All of a sudden, I now have legal access to claim the birth of being a citizen of the kingdom. Being born again doesn't mean you just become religious. Cain was religious, but he was also a murderer. The Pharisee of Jesus' day were extremely religious. They killed Jesus. New birth is not following a list of rules. Amen. There's so much I know people want to just, they want to jump in and say, well, if I do this, then I, I want to worry about what I can't wear, what I do wear, where I go, where I don't, don't go. You know what? That's not the issue. The issue is have I been born again? That's what Nicodemus was coming to find out. How do I get connected to this? How do I become a part of this? What is the condition of citizenship? How do I become a part of what you're doing? Amen. You will find that later on it's Nicodemus that's standing up and defending Jesus to the Sanhedrin. Then you will find it's Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea that take care of the body of Jesus Christ. Something got a hold of his heart. Something was transpiring. What is it? It's the new birth. Now, before you throw any books at me, I want to ask Have you known one lady that delivered a child and everybody else was just the same? Some have labor that lasts days. Some have incredible pain. Some don't have that kind of stuff. Some have issues here and there. Don't put your new birth process like somebody else's and say, well, that's the way they did it, so that's how they're going to get it. And that's what happened to them. No, why don't you follow what the Bible says, and I'm going to see that God does it in my life, his way, in my life right now. Hallelujah. I've seen people get the Holy Ghost and roll on the floor. I've seen them get the Holy Ghost standing still and not have any emotions. It's not about a particular style. It's about a birth. It's how that birth evolves in your life. I got to be born again. I got to be born again. I got to be born again. Jesus said it's not like a fleshly birth. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is its a different birth. 
When Adam fell, he broke his citizenship connection with God. He lost his rights and kingdom authority. When Jesus came back, we find that he brought it. He bought it back. Sin brought death, but the resurrection of Jesus Christ brought life. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the spirit of man, the part of man that was created, connected to God, needs regeneration. It needs to be renewed. That's why you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of man is dead. The soul of man needs saving. Amen. One of these days, my body is going to be saved. So how do I get back in right standing with the Lord? Citizenship. New birth. New birth. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. 1 Peter 1 and 18. Somebody say Hallelujah. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, you can't buy your way to heaven. You can't buy your way to new birth. If there even was a purgatory, you can't buy your way out of purgatory, but there isn't a purgatory, so you can't buy your way out of hell. I'm not redeemed with silver or gold or corruptible things like that. He said, from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. Mm. How was I redeemed? Not by my good works, not because I am good, not because I live a certain way, but I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb without spot, without blemish, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again. Being born again. The same vernacular, the same terminology having to do with being uh, saved, having been delivered from sin. It's being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. What is he saying? You're born again, not of incorruptible seed, not of gold, silver, works and things, but you are born again by the word of God. The analogy is this, is that there's a word that comes into your heart and it germinates and begins to produce as if an impregnation, if you please, of truth comes into your soul and you begin to believe. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When the word begins to come into your heart, it's going to begin to germinate. Faith begins to develop and all of a sudden something begins to grow. That's where it begins, my friend. 
New birth begins when we come in contact with the seed of God's word. John 1 proclaims that the word is God. Essentially then, citizenship begins with an encounter with the word of God. However that looks, whether it's a preach message, a Bible study, somebody talking to you about their testimony, but the word of God pricks us and stirs us and germinates and begins to grow. That's how we're begotten. That's how we're begotten by the word of God. That's the seed. Do you get the parallel? Do you understand what I'm talking about? For a baby to be born, there's got to be a seed planted. Amen. For a new baby to be born, it's a spiritual seed that comes by the word of God. That's why we got a lot of people today that are believers. They have had seed planted, but it never developed. It never grew beyond just simply it being planted. You have to, Jesus said, except a man uh, be born again, he cannot see the kingdom but later he says except he be born of water and I've preached this before and I'll preach it again amen it's foundational you've got to understand lest the devil come and pull you aside into deception it still takes being born again of water and of the spirit I didn't say it Jesus said it if I want to be a part of the kingdom of God if I'm going to enter into the kingdom of God not just see it if I'm going to get in it I must be born Again. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. Truth begat us. Somebody say hallelujah. You must be born again. That's the condition of kingdom citizenship. The word of God produces faith. Faith causes us to believe and belief leads to obedience. If there's a disconnect anywhere there, the process is aborted. The word of God produces faith. Faith causes us to believe, and belief causes us to obey. They looked at Peter and the rest of the apostles as he was preaching the redemptive message of Jesus, dying on the cross, and all that he accomplished. They looked and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? What were they asking? They were asking, I have faith. I have got the word. You preach the word, and I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with faith. Amen, and I believe. What did he say? Now you must obey. Repent. That means turn 180 degrees. Repent. Change your mind. Change your actions. Ask God to forgive you yes but repent that is about face and then be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost what is he saying you believe amen faith came by the word the word produced belief and faith or faith produced belief and belief produces obedience
Let me talk to you and synchronize this down to what this new birth process looks like. We've told you about the new birth conception. The seed is implanted. Whoso believeth in him should not perish, John 3.16 says, but have everlasting life. Should not perish. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. We find that in, in Ephesians 1, it tells us, in whom we also trusted, heard, believed, and were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Trusted, heard, believed, sealed. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Believe. Faith is the finished work of Christ in Calvary. Faith in the grace of God. Faith in the work of Jesus Christ. That he is my answer to redemption alone. I cannot save myself. I cannot save myself. But only because I believe. I believe in the redemptive word of Christ. Amen. There is a part of believing. A man must believe that he is Lord. But don't stop there. Don't stop at just believing. You have to take the next step and that is repentance. Changing your direction. Changing the, from the old man to the new man. It's not enough to simply say I believe. You've got to act on that except you repent. Jesus said ye shall likewise perish. Luke 13 and 3. Repent and believe the gospel. Mark 1 and 15. I came not to call the righteous Jesus said but I call sinners to repentance. Amen. We find that the Bible teaches us that God commands sinners everywhere to repent. Amen. I believe today that there's got to be a follow-up to my faith and a follow-up to my belief. It is repentance. It is repentance. After you believe... After I believe, I must repent. I must change my mind, change my thinking. And then, of water and of the Spirit, look at our example, Jesus Christ. He paved the way. Don't get bogged down in particulars. Look at the example. Look at the example. Matthew 3 and 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and lo, the heavens opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Descending like a dove. What is he saying? He's saying, Jesus was baptized. He went down into the water. That meant he was submerged. He was baptized. That all righteousness should be fulfilled. What was he doing? He was pointing to the day where we would understand the process of becoming a kingdom citizen. Amen. That the spirit of God was meant to come down on those that have been baptized and remain. Descend and remain. I will show you in Acts. Of course, we know Acts chapter 2. Go read it for yourself. But in Acts chapter 8, you will find the believers in Samaria follow the same example. Now, when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, 
heard that Samaria had received the word of God. We find that they sent them Peter and John who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. Only they were baptized. The Holy Ghost had not fallen yet. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. What is he saying? This is the process. Notice, when Jesus was baptized, he went into the water and the Spirit came down. When the disciples that believed in Samaria were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and the apostles came laying hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. What is that? That's the Spirit and the water working together to produce new life. Look at the conversion of Saul. And in Ananias, Acts chapter 9 and verse 17. Ananias went his way and entered into the house and put in his hand on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it were, have been scales. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was Water and spirit working together to regenerate a man that knew the Bible, a man that attempted to live for God, but was so far from God. If you will follow the scripture to Acts chapter 10, it tells the story of a devout man by the name of Cornelius, a man who was a God-fearing man, who was a praying man, who was a good man, who was a sincere man. He was a man who had a relationship with God. However, he lacked citizenship. While in prayer, the angel of the Lord instructed Cornelius, go find Peter. Told him where he, the angel of the Lord told him where Peter was. Told him who he ought to go. But the angel couldn't preach it. It's going to require a preacher to come preach the message. Mm, listen to this. This ought to blow your socks right off your feet. Acts chapter 10 and verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, he's preaching the word. Amen. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Amen. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know it? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Hallelujah. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water? Well, I guess God just overrode what we think. Here's a bunch of Gentiles that was not supposed to be a part of this at all. They're not Jews. They can't be a part. But here's a man that loved Jehovah God, that worshiped Jehovah God, somewhere became a convert from paganism to Judaism. Somewhere he got to know the everlasting love of God, but he needed more. He needed to become a kingdom citizen. And how did he get it? By the preached word of Peter that when he began to preach, he was already so open and so hungry, amen, that he began to speak with other tongues. 
guess we ought to baptize him. Okay, I'm going to sidebar here just for a minute. Just going to sidebar. I've looked it over. I never find a special called baptismal service in the book of Acts. Not that it's wrong. I just never found it. Every time somebody needed to be baptized, when faith hit them, when faith hit them, when the word produced it, that baby needed to come out. That baby needed to be born. Amen. It needed to be born. I baptize them in night and baptize them in the day. Baptize them when there isn't church. Baptize them when there is church. Where There ought to be some. Be like the Ethiopian. Amen. In Acts 8. Is that where it is? But anyway, the, the Ethiopian that says, what? Hindered, there's water. What hinders me to be baptized? Pull this baby over this oasis right here. We're going to stop this chariot. I'm going to go because I see it. Faith begin. I want to tell you something I've been learning recently. There is a wave among denominal churches, among charismatic churches that are now baptizing exclusively in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Say what you want to, but I can't afford to go to sleep on the saving name and the saving message. The only way to be a citizen of the kingdom is not because you're a member of MPC. It's not because you believe just like me, but do I believe what the word says do I believe what the word says so Acts 10 the Holy Ghost fell on Cornelius while Peter was preaching they heard them speak with tongues that's how they knew they received the Holy Ghost It always amazes me how people want to just say, well, that ain't for us and that ain't real. But it's there. That's only for the Jews. Oh, and what happened to old Corny? Elias. And then they commanded them to be baptized. Verse 48. They commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed to they him tarry certain days. We want to hear more about this. Hallelujah. I almost think it's easier for somebody that has no knowledge of any other thought. Because we tend to go back to a tradition. But let's get into the word. This is, this is just, just preach the word. What does the word say? What does the word say? People say, well, I'm going to follow the Roman road. Can I tell you, Paul wrote to save people. He was not writing to unsaved people. He was writing to people who were already saved. Study. Okay. Then, let me give you another illustration where they were born of the water and of the spirit. Again, don't put a time limit on it because there's some people that can have faith and they may go a long time before they realize the need for baptism or repentance and baptism. But let God do the work in their life. But look at this. 
Acts 19, 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Evidently, there is something different between belief and the infilling of the Holy Ghost being poured out on a person. According to this. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. They did what they knew. Thank God for that. Don't bust somebody up because they're doing, they haven't gotten to where you are. Don't bust them up. Well, they don't believe like I believe. Well, la-ti-da, there's a lot of people that believe more than you believe. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him that should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. John was great, but there's more. Christ is coming. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. What is it? It's a continuity of the new birth from Acts chapter 2 all the way through Scripture. And we've listed several for you. It's a continuity of one that believes, one that repents, and one that is baptized and receives the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Would I find some other place where Jesus is talking about some other thing when it comes to new birth? What else is he talking about? And, 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 and there are ways that people want to just kind of circumvent that. But go to the book of Acts and you will find it repeated over and over and over again. It's about being a kingdom citizen. Now, newborn babes don't mature overnight. Just because I was a new baby in Good Shepherd Hospital, an American citizen, I had no clue about taxes. I had no clue about rights. I didn't know what it meant. But as I began to grow older, I learned about taxes. Oh, I, I hate taxes, just so you know. But look what, what happens to the maturing child of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Who delivered us from so great a death. Talking about this transformation of citizenship. Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver. And whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. What is he saying? He's delivered me. My spirit has been set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. My soul is being set free. My emotions, my will, amen. It's a process. It's called sanctification. I have been justified back in redemption with the Lord by my spirit being renewed. My soul is constantly being worked on. Anybody Anybody understand? Anybody have a temper? Don't raise your hand unless you want to. Amen. Anybody got a little bit of this problem, a little bit of attitude, a little bit of this, got some issues in your life? Amen. We're still working on that. But one of these days, we shall be changed. 
changed from this mortal to immortality. So what that scripture, throw that last scripture back up there, Sister Bev. Amen. He said that he delivered me and he is delivering me and he's going to deliver me. I'm going to make a Fred Gill statement. Do you see it? Do you see it? Can you see it? He's delivered you. He's delivering you. And he's going to deliver you. Somewhere between here and there, there's going to be a change in my body. And my body is going to be unlike anything else that I've ever known or seen before. We could say it like this. He has saved me. He is saving me, and he will yet save me. He has rescued me. He is rescuing me, and he will yet rescue me. Paul said that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Somebody say amen. You cannot and I cannot receive the kingdom rights and the privileges of a kingdom citizenship until I am truly born again and then walking in that born again experience. It's a process. Still working on me. Still changing. But should he call today, by his grace, I'm ready to go. I'm not perfect yet. Amen. I'm never going to be an Enoch. We were talking about that the other day at family dinner. I wonder what would happen with Enoch. Can you imagine? You're hobnobbing with O Enoch, and you're just talking and having a conversation, and all of a sudden he just walks into invisibility, and he's gone. I don't know about you. I may be gone one day, but it won't be because I walk into invisibility. Might be a Mack truck. But Enoch walked with God and was transformed. I don't know what I shall be, but one thing the writer said, I know that when I see him, I shall be like him. I'm going to see him as he is. I don't know what that's going to be, but I can't claim that if I have not become a kingdom citizen. If I have not stamped my my citizenship card, as it were, I don't get it just for the blessings and the benefit, but I get it for one of these days. I'm going to go home to my true home, to the home where the king is, to the throne room of the king where it's visible. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Those who have been born again of water and the spirit have kingdom citizenship birthrights. The central theme and common thread throughout the Bible is the revelation of God's glory of his kingdom. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. But we understand that as children of God, we have been born again. And now, by his grace, we walk as righteous. We walk as holy. Stand me, please. A kingdom citizen is one who has believed 
you got to believe. Belief comes from faith, and faith comes from the word. So there has been the germination process of the word, and conception has occurred. Do you remember that first time that you said, oh, I see it. Wow, I see it. Yeah. But seeing isn't just all that I must do. I need to repent according to Scripture, according to what Jesus said. I need to repent. I need to change my thinking. Change my thinking. Change my way of action and talking. Then I take on my king's name in baptism to receive the remission, the deliverance, the liberty of sins. And I can draw my first breath when his spirit flows through me. Can I ask you today, are you in the process? Are you in the place where you just, you just know there's, there's, there's another thing God has for you? Amen. Let me just tell you, God wants it for you more than you want it for yourself. Amen. I just recently heard, and I'm assuming the numbers are, are accurate. I've heard it on different occasions. Recently at the big youth conference in St. Louis, over a thousand people received the Holy Ghost in one night. Received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in one night. That's awesome. That's tremendous. Miracles, significant miracles that happened. What a great move of God. I'm so thankful for that. But let me just tell you, every one of them received it one at a time. And the Holy Ghost came and it set upon each of them. Each of them. We don't have a collective Holy Ghost infilling, as it were, but we have individual Holy Ghost infilling. His Spirit comes inside of you. Amen. I wonder today, somebody want to receive the Holy Ghost? Today's your day. Somebody want to be baptized, renewed in the power of the Spirit? Today is your day. Amen. You're a backslider. You want to get back to God? Today is your day. Amen. I wouldn't live so far from God that should he come, I miss him. I want to be ready should he come. Amen. God's convicted you today or called upon you today. Why don't you step out into the aisle, make your way to the front and say, oh God, I want all of you. I want more of you. Anybody in this house need a refilling of the Spirit? Anybody in this house would need a renewing of your mind, a renewing of your spirit? Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.